In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Get ready. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, live on Toganet.com. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of the Motherhood Company, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio features the powerful voices of Christy Hawley, Robin Boyd, Linda Franklin, Tracy Austin, Danny Kiernan, Susan Haid, Lisa Dietrich, Susan Flattick Wilson, and our weekly correspondent, Doris Rivas Brecky. Together, these women bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms living with cancer, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today solo, hosting the show. No Doris <laughs> Rebus Brecky, no Christy Holly. It's just going to be fun at the old ballpark. Oh, you're not totally alone, Sand. We wouldn't no, let you be all that's alone. true. Robin, my my <laughs> right hand, my what do we call you? The the commandant, whatever you are, you're just um <laughs> always there when I need you. And today's show is gonna be so much fun because it is the hundredth anniversary of the Girl Scouts. Woohoo! <laughs> there has been so much fun so many fun things going on across the country. I mean, I think it was the Hoover Dam lit up all green and had a huge trefoil on it. Uh, the Empire State Building was all green for us. It was just um, so nice to see so many people embracing our birthday. That It just has been really fun. Well, it's just such a great, I mean, it's like who doesn't love the Girl Scouts? I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like cold pizza. You know, you just can never go wrong. <laughs> I know that one last piece of pizza sitting there and you just got to have it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, and Robin, I'm going to quiz you today because, you know, for years we've been on the radio together between Motherhood Talk Radio and Military Mom Talk Radio. And I always tout you as, you know, the Girl Scout aficionado, the, you know, the hoi polloi of the Girl Scouts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to give you a trivia. I pulled up some Girl Scout trivia. Let's see how close you can get. I'm going to be so embarrassed. What have you got? Okay. Well, some of these are easy, okay? All right. Okay. Who founded the Girl Scouts? Well, of course, Juliet Gordon-Lowe. Okay. I gave you a freebie there. Mm-hmm. Where are their headquarters? It, the, the Girl Scouts of the USA or where was her? where is her um, historic landmark? Because oh, they are. Oh, out. It's a trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> Our headquarters are in New York City, uh, but Savannah, Georgia is where we, are, we have our uh, history and our museum. Okay, well, if I need to phone a friend with Girl Scouts, I'm going to phone you because you are correct on the- <laughs> Okay, how many active Girl Scouts are there in the United States? 
right now we have about 3.2 million uh, active girls. We have about 60, almost 60 million women alumni. How do you know this stuff? I mean, we need to get you out more because I'm thinking some of these are really hard. I don't think she'll get them. And there's only like two or three left that I can stump you on. Uh-oh. Well, Mel, you might. You might. <laughs> okay. Now, famous people, other than you and me, mm-hmm. who were once Girl Scouts include? Well, let me see. We have... Um... You know who was? Debbie Reynolds. She was actually one of our um, national um, chief uh, executive officers, or president, I should say. Uh, Sherry Lewis is another name that people may know. If you remember Lamb Chop and you remember um, the, the wonderful genius of Sherry Lewis, that started because she did a Girl Scout badge and had so much fun with it that that turned into her... Um, that turned into her career. We have Condoleezza Rice. We have Hillary Clinton. We have uh, Krista McAuliffe here in New Hampshire, who is near and dear to us, who was the uh, teacher astronaut that was killed in the Challenger accident. We have about uh, 50, uh, almost 50% of our U.S. Congress and uh, senators have been Girl Scouts. So we have a very impressive alumni association. Ooh, I got some more to add. (laughs) How about Olympic figure skater Dorothy Hamill? Comedian Lucille Ball? Yes. News anchor. I was going to say Sandra Day O'Connor just popped into my mind. She popped into the chat. I was a Girl Scout. (laughs) (laughs) Sandra Sandra Day O'Connor is in the chat. Who are you going to say? Um, I was going to say Lucille Ball and Katie Couric. Katie Couric, yes, there was a cute picture of Katie Couric that was roaming the web uh, in her little uh, Girl Scout uniform, which was absolutely sweet to see. Oh, she could wear a sack of potatoes and still look good. (laughs) She sure could. (laughs) Okay, now here's the million-dollar question. Uh Uh-oh. And if you get it right, I will eat an entire box of them on the air, which won't be hard. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What is the best-selling Girl Scout cookie? Probably Thin Mint, but I do know Trefoil is right behind. Oh, you got it. So. <laughs> you got it. You, I, you stumped me. You stumped the audience. I don't know how you know this, these Girl Scout facts, but you do. So, you know, Yoda strikes again in knowing all that is Girl Scout because yeah. Yoda's green. <laughs> yes, Yoda's green. So is Kermit. So <laughs> I think one of the things that's been so fun is that Girl Scouting isn't just something to do. I think Girl Scouting is something to be. And once you are a Girl Scout, I think you always are a Girl Scout. So it becomes a part of you. It isn't just something that you do. And I certainly don't want to, uh, you know, name other things that youth organizations will do with kids, but they will, they will take something away from all of those things. But somehow Girl Scouting is something that you become and it stays with you for your life. Well, you know, and what's interesting, Rob, is, um, 
you talk about staying with it in you know through your whole life there are some retired cookies that people really miss i know i have a couple of them do mm-hmm. any of these names i'm going to take you down a walk down <laughs> memory lane to lemon coolers do you remember oh, the lemon yes. coolers, those half moon one with the powdered sugar our our council does have them they're called savannas this year i believe is the is what we called them we brought them back so if you have any councils that are selling uh, from Little Brownie Baker, you, a little bit of trivia, we have two bakers in the country who produce Girl Scout cookies. They are the only ones licensed uh, to sell cookies. So any given council in the United States will have their cookies either from Little Brownie Baker or ABC. So, wow. yeah. Now, what about Aloha chips? Do you remember those from the early 2000s? Yes. Yep. I think. I don't think we have those in our council, but I don't, I have to say I'm not as up on ABC, <laughs> so I'll have to check ABC's lineup. <laughs> I know, I'm pushing you hard today. How about yeah. kookaburros? Remember no, those? They were like Kit Kats? Yeah, those those were really so good. And those, those are the dangerous ones, you know, because you just sit there and just keep popping them in your mouth. <laughs> Well, and there were those, uh, well, they were called different parts in different parts of the country. They're kind of yep. like those blonde Oreos, but I know them mm-hmm. as Oxfords, and you might have known them as chalet creams. They were yes. gone by both. Yes, yes. Those were delicious. And it's true. And there are times that we will bring things back, but we we do kind of pare down and we look at where our best sellers are. And because, of course, the, the cookie sale, we, I was going to probably bring this up later on, but our cookie sale does help support our, our girl programming in each council. So if you buy a box of cookies from your local council, that money, the proceeds from that box of cookies stays right in that council. And that's a pretty neat thing because you know it's going directly to the girls right in your area. That's so great. I'm going to bring up three more or four more cookies. There were the Ole okay. Ole's. Those were those Mexican wedding cakes with coconuts. Oh, yes. And then the iceberry pinatas, which I got to tell you, was not a big fan of those. Hmm. Those were those round ones with the sugar cookies with the jam in the center. They were just okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah, those I don't. I don't think we've had for quite a long time. No, some of these go back to the mid-80s, like the Juliet's. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those were those chewy, golden note clustery ones, and then the double dutch, which looked just like Oreos. And then do you remember the crackers that were during the 80s? They were golden yangles. They were those triangle cheese-flavored ones. Do you remember those? Mm. No, I don't remember those. But yeah. I'll tell you, um, there again, it could very well have been from the other baker. Uh, that our council uh, doesn't use is, is uh, uh, we, we, we just use little brownie pickers. So. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. Do have Samoas? Are those still out, or do they not call Samoas because the political We do Samoas have Samoas. Down. Yeah. I'm, I've got a bad connection, Sandra. I'm sorry. But, yes, we do still have Samoas, and those are very popular. I love those. I could eat, you know, box after box. I think the Samoas, and I loved those golden triangles. I think they were the only cracker um, offered with, uh, they were the only cracker offered by the Girl Scouts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we've got a, pro- a little bit of a problem, Sam, with your, um, with your, with your Skype. Are you still hearing us okay? I can hear you fine, but I'm just yeah. a landline. 
if you want to take us to break. I will. I will. And on the other side of the break, we are going to meet a wonderful woman. And I have to say, she is so near and dear to my heart. She is um, Patricia Meller. Uh, She has been a Girl Scout all of her life. She is a life member. She's uh, she had achieved the highest honor in Girl Scouting, which is the Gold Award. She um, is she was a leader. She was a camp counselor. And Trisha's path brought her to um, law school. And she is a, a serving. A, she is an attorney. She is a member of the New Hampshire Bar. And she was the founding one of the founding members of Mara Kanakis, Cream and Miller before becoming the Girl Scout of the Green and White Mountains Chief Executive Officer. You will love Trisha and I as just as I do. And we're going to meet her on the other side of the break on Motherhood Talk Radio. If you miss our shows, you want to check us out at military excuse me, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Sandra's gonna laugh when she hears that. <laughs> Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love. Got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard? Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millett, at 11, 10 Central on Tugginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M, manage your health and wealth. Y, yield to your natural abilities. L, listen to your heart. I, invest in yourself. P, persist by taking small steps. And S, serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette. On toginet.com. Every day, autism miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Pinrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpinrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com.
welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and we're going to clarify that we are on Motherhood Talk Radio, not Military Mom. <laughs> it's so I easy did, to do, isn't it, Robin? I did correct myself, but... <laughs> I know, yes. but you know i got to yank your chain for that. But it does get confusing because we have Military Mom Talk Radio Mondays at 2 p.m. PST on TogiNet, and then we have Military Mom Talk Radio at 3 p.m. on Tuesdays. So maybe we should call the station and say, you know, we at least need to be on the same hour. That's right. Well, you know what's even funnier, San, is I have a great big postcard right here that says Motherhood Talk Radio in red. Right. <laughs> I am I on this show. <laughs> Well, Just so that I'd have it as my little cue card. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Any way you slice it. And it just today's topic, I can't talk about it and not smile. Even though I was not a Girl Scout, I was a brownie. And I did almost get on one of the boxes. I have to tell you, Robin, when I was in third grade, they came and they took pictures of all these kids. And they actually chose one of the little girls, a girl uh, from my school, Cheryl Secor, was on the front of the box. And I was one of the runners up. Uh, to be uh, one of the faces on the cookie box and um, of course didn't become a Girl Scout after that and did not um, go on the box but I do have really fond memories of the cookies of the Girl Scouts and um, being a brownie was just so much fun. Oh, it is. And actually, brownies are Girl Scouts. We don't differentiate our daisies or brownies. We are all Girl Scouts. So we're all... Really? So I'm grandfathered into the group? Yes, you are, ma'am. I love that because I have to tell you, and then we'll get to our guest. I have to tell you my brownie story, Robin, because you'll be like, (laughs) oh... Well, I was supposed to be in the brownie parade. Well, my family got to the, you know, to the park late. And, you know, we lived in a little small town um, in uh, western New York outside of Buffalo, total cow town with, you know, trees and chickens and cows. And I got there late. And I was so upset because I had missed walking with my brownie group. Well, the Girl Scout leader, one of the girls who held the letter G in Girl Scouts, did not show up, and the very oh. enterprising Girl Scout leader let me not only march, but I got to march in the parade holding the letter G for Girl Scouts um, right all up front, even though I was still in my brownie uniform. Well, see, that's what Girl Scouting's all about. We want to make sure every girl has her chance to shine. It's funny. You know, I don't think if you had asked me, you know, before the show, what's your best Girl Scout memory or brownie memory, I couldn't tell you. And that one just came back in full force, as did the taste of those crackers that were sold in the 80s. I was like, God, how does that still reside in my head somewhere, how good those little cracker triangles were? I can still see them in my head. But that's a testament to how good the Girl Scout products are. Mm-hmm. We do take pride. You do. You send them overseas. They're one of the most. I remember with Carolyn Blaschek when she was on our military mom show. Remember one of the most requested things for the service members overseas in their care packages are Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies. I don't know a a statistic uh, nationwide, but I know just council to council, we send 
thousands of boxes of cookies. I know we just sent something out, and Trish may be able to help me with that statistic. I know it was at least 12,000 boxes that went out from Pease Air Force Base recently, and I know out of the Massachusetts Council, I saw Bedford, Mass, ship out 30,000 just uh, just a couple weeks ago. So hundreds of thousands of boxes go to our military every year uh, thanks to our Gift of Caring campaigns. That's so great. Just help them fill out those uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, are you ready? Are you ready? I am. All right. We have got to, uh, you, you will love our guest. Uh, Patricia is, Patricia Meller is our, uh, chief executive officer of the uh, Girl Scouts of the Green and White Mountains. She embodies our Girl Scout mission to bring girls of courage, confidence, and character to make the world a better place. No one can attend an event led by Tricia and not leave it ready to ignite the world. Tricia, are you here with us? Welcome. Thank you, Robin. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. I'm actually a little nervous. We're we're um we're just we're so thrilled to have you here. It's like being in the presence of Girl Scout royalty. <laughs> I, I was listening to you take that quiz in advance, the the trivia, and I was wondering why I needed to be on the show because Robin, you were doing such a great job answering all of Sandra's questions. So I was really <laughs> trying to decide what I was going to add to the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> you get, get get a little sweat going on me there, Sandra. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really I was like, oh, can I remember all the answers to these questions in case they well, turn them on me? But okay. it's it's a real pleasure for me to be joining you both here. Well, yeah, and if we get them wrong, you can get us out of the lawsuit. <laughs> I, I can try, right? <laughs> as long as you don't hurt anyone, we really don't have to worry too much about that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, we should probably talk just a little bit about Juliet Lowe, just a, a little bit of history. March is Women's History Month, and one of the things that I like to do with girls, or I shouldn't say just girls, because whenever I've been uh, teaching, we always talk about women's history. We drag up somebody that with cobwebs and say, oh, you know, this person has no in, nothing to do with my life. It's so nice to bring forward women who are still making a difference. And I think Juliette Lowe is one of those people. Her history, her biography is so fascinating. Trish, what, what is one of the things you think of Juliette Lowe as being a visionary for? Uh, really, her ability to see a future for girls that was very different at the time she was raised. I mean, because if we're thinking about it, she founded Girl Scouting 100 years ago. Women couldn't vote. Women weren't allowed to drive. They certainly weren't flying planes or no one had heard of computers. They weren't uh, invented at that time. No one would have thought of a a female lawyer or someone being on the Supreme Court or astronauts. And Juliet Lowe really saw a future for girls where they could be out of doors, making a difference in their communities uh, when the war began, really making a difference in that war effort. Those were things people had never really considered for girls before. Yeah. You know, even people had barely thought of them for women, but you do know that there were very famous women involved in war efforts. But no one thought girls could make the difference that we have proven they have been able to do through the years. 
Yeah. And, and yeah. she amazes me for that vision um, of what she brought for girls to allow them to do anything that they desired in, in a manner that no one else thought of. She was fully um, open to girls of all races and creeds and religions. That was a time period when that was just not heard of. Um, open to girls with disabilities because, of course, Juliet Lowe, in her fact, uh, she herself was disabled. So okay. she was a very open and welcoming woman and, and brought that vision to the world. And I'm extraordinarily grateful that she did so. Do you guys know, did she take any heat for that? You know, visionaries usually aren't like, oh, boy, you know, Copernicus, good job. Um, <laughs> you know, do, do, do you guys know what, how she was received initially? Is there anything in her archives that talk about, um, you know, was there any pushback for that? I'm just curious. To my knowledge, um, there was quite a bit of pushback at various times, and she she had been born into a wealthy family in Savannah, Georgia, and then also spent time in England within the wealthier um, areas of England, and she took advantage of her family connections to try and raise money for Girl Scouting in its infancy, and a lot of people turned their backs on her. Or would wow. try and know, and would and would try and discuss ways that they weren't interested in helping Girl Scouts. This wasn't their vision. They weren't going to be part of it. Juliet took advantage of her deafness <laughs> in order to say, "I'm sorry. Did I just hear you were going to give us one hundred dollars? Oh, thank you!" And so she would loudly proclaim what she wanted to hear from these people, so that everyone else in the room thought they were supporting her and accepting her. <laughs> And in that way, she was able to then turn whole, because then other people weren't going to say no. But she did, in fact, have people say no to her um, or really look upon her and frown at her for what she was trying to do. I I love the story of her frumpy hat, the story she would go to these high society events and she would have this little frumpy handmade flowers stuck on with with whatever and people would be sneering at her and she would just very loudly, of course, say, oh, you're looking at my hat. Well, I couldn't afford to, uh, to buy a hat because all of my money has gone to the Girl Scouts. Aren't you going to give us something? She would just turn it right around to them and that was just an every time I do an event I want to just walk in with this real frumpy (laughs) just (laughs) that eye-catching and get people on board that's a great story she was amazing in that way I always laugh one of the things she liked to do to prove that people could do anything and she herself is she loved to stand on her head all throughout her life, even when she became, was in her 50s and early 60s at the time, close to her death, she would stand on her head at events. She even stood on her head at the national offices during a board meeting just to prove it could be done. And wow. it's just, I'm trying to picture myself at a board meeting all of a sudden turning around and standing on my head to show people what my new Girl Scout shoes and bloomers <laughs> look like. Oh, I was thinking about that. She's in a skirt or a dress because in those yes. days they didn't wear yes. pants. So I'm thinking right. she's not in there with her yoga gear on. She's in a big, heavy dress with bloomers. Yes, and, and when they came out with Girl Scout shoes, camp shoes, she went and stood on her head so they could all have a good look at the shoes she was wearing. <laughs> Wow, she just sounds like a pistol, you know, somebody that is really an unsung hero, I think, in today's history books, because I don't remember ever learning about her in any of my history books. I was educated in New York. Trisha and Rob, you were, Rob, you were educated in New Hampshire. Trisha, where mm-hmm. were you educated? 
Primarily in New Hampshire. I, st- I was started out my education in Nebraska and moved to New Hampshire. Ah, well, our Cornhusker did not get it there either, because I didn't remember no. seeing anything really in the history books. But we're changing that today on Motherhood Talk Radio. My name is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd and our wonderful, wonderful guest, Trisha Malore, and we are talking about the Girl Scouts and celebrating the 100th anniversary, because Girl Scouting is so important to our girls. It's so important for our women today. I really believe a lot of the Girl Scouts ended up in positions of power because of the leadership qualities that are taught in Girl Scouts. You guys know I'm a big leadership fan for women. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some Girl Scout stories, and we're going to learn more about Trisha as a little girl Girl Scout and becoming a big grown-up attorney. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Fertility. It's an extremely personal subject. Tune in Monday nights at 9, 8 central for the Fertility Forum with infertility psychotherapist and expert Phyllis Martin on toginet.com. This is the show about infertility, gaining support, and information. Phyllis will assist you in navigating the disappointments and decisions that often accompany the difficult journey from diagnosis to conception, pregnancy to parenthood. She is passionate about her work and is an expert in the donor egg field, bringing both her personal and professional experience to all she does. Ms. Martin has extensive experience in helping patients cope with infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, surrogacy, miscarriage, pregnancy termination, and creative family building. She knows what you're going through, and she's here to help. It's the Fertility Forum with your host, Phyllis Martin, Monday nights at 9, 8 Central, on Togginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. As your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. Trying to keep your head up to the sky. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. 
Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here solo with my wonderful guests, Robin Boyd and Tristan Millar. And Christy Holly is taking care of her grandma today. Her grandma's 98. Millar, sorry, Millar, uh, is 98, and Christy has gone down for a family obligation to take care of her grandma. And Doris Rebus-Brecky, we're going to send a shout-out to you. We hope you feel better. She fell last night when she was walking her dog, Sheba, around San Diego. So we want to send some warm wishes to her and a Heidi ho to Christy who's listening to us um, on her phone which we think is Absolutely. so cool yeah. while she helps yeah. her grandma. sending hugs to both of you yes certainly now girls you guys know I kind of have that leadership bug I always have always will maybe it's too much time mm-hmm. spent in the military uh, with the military not in the military um, but leadership I think is a big part of Girl Scouts and and giving girls not only permission to be their best, but the encouragement and building the courage to do their best. And I think most people think of Girl Scouts, at least I know I did historically, about camping, crafts, and cookies. Those were the big things that come to mind. But there's really some big um, ideologies that play. There's some big life lessons to be learned. And for those parents listening today that might be on the bubble of, should I put my girl in Girl Scouts or not, um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the futuristic vision that is given to our Girl Scouts today. Uh, that's a great um, comment, Sandra, because Girl Scouting really is about girl leadership. We've come back to what we were founded to be, which is the leadership organization for girls in the country and, in my mind, in the world. Um, in Girl Scouting, we have three keys that we have identified that are essential to a girl's leadership growth. And girls think of leadership very differently than boys, which is why I'm describing this as a girl's leadership growth. Um, Girls see leadership as making a difference in the world. They want to make change, and it doesn't require them to do it by themselves. Really, they like to work together cooperatively with others in order to make that change, whereas oftentimes um, boys see the more militaristic, um, you know, command-type form of leadership as that sort of leadership to be aspired to. So in Girl Scouting, girls work together to discover what they're interested in and discover more about themselves, connect with others, and then take action to make a difference in the world. And by doing all three of those, they really grow into themselves and become a leader at every age and stage of their life. And that's what we're working so hard to ensure we do. Well, and I think you're really on to something there, Trish, about especially about the collaborative leadership efforts of women. You know, I look at, I, I sit on the board of a few charities and I advise and on their social media of charities and it's interesting because the majority of these charities, um, they have to do with the military or with children, are headed by women. There's a couple that are headed by men and there is a very very distinct difference in our leadership styles between grown men and women and I find it very interesting that you've identified that with our little girls and, and you nurture that. You're not trying to take little girls and turn them into little boy leaders. No, I mean, I think for years there were a lot of organizations trying to do that, and we've just realized that's not going to work. Um, Women and girls are by nature more collaborative. 
um, for whatever reasons through through history and through time. And so that is really what we're aiming to develop and how the girls want to stay more involved. Um, we talk to them all the time about what they want to do, what their careers, what careers they want to be involved with, and they all really, 85% of them all say it's to make a difference in the world, what they can do to help another person. And, and so that's really the heart and soul of what we're doing. Well, and when I you, also, I was going to oh, say, go ahead, I, the other thing that I, I also admire about this program and feel so strongly to stay involved is that we are encouraging each girl to be their best. We have never said, all right, we're, we're putting you all in competition and who's going to be the best, which they get in every other environment I think the the ability for them to be able to find what their best is and give them that self-confidence to be able to move forward and then be able to make a difference in the other arenas. And there again, that's why it becomes a part of you. It's not just something you do on Tuesdays from 3 to 4.30. It's something that becomes a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and makes a difference in your future. Yes. Um, as you were discussing earlier in the show, just the huge number of alumni we have who have made an impact in the world um, just proves that the whole Girl Scout program really does uh, help change a girl's life for the better. If you give them opportunities, um, I think Robin was mentioning uh, the number of women in Congress who are former Girl Scouts. It's, you know, nearly 70% of all women in Congress um, are former Girl Scouts. And it's Which is disproportionate to our population. Right. And, and mm-hmm. typically in Girl Scouting, we serve approximately 10% of our female population. So you think, if you think that we're serving 10% of girls, but when they get into, but those in Congress are, were 70% Girl Scouts, it shows the huge impact our organization has on really bringing female leadership to the forefront. Absolutely. And, Eighty percent of women business owners are former Girl Scouts, and many of them will say they've got their start in the Girl Scout cookie program, that that's what turns them on to business. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. I mean, nearly every astronaut, female astronaut in space, is a Girl Scout alumni, was a Girl Scout in her youth. And so those are just statistics that really to me, are so essential in proving that the past 100 years has been worth it for all of the time and effort that our volunteers have put into Girl Scouting because this is a volunteer organization. 99% of the work is carried out by volunteers who are committed heart and soul to the girls that we serve and to our mission and our vision. Well, and you know, girls, something that came up um, when you said that, Women, you know, and I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a sole business owner, and so is Robin. Um, and it's when you said that thing about, you know, their first, like, entree into business was through the cookie sales, was through the Girl Scouts. You know, when you think about it, the Girl Scout cookie sale, just to do that, you're teaching organization, you're teaching goal setting, they have to make decisions, they have to manage their money. Standing out gives them speaking and presentation skills and people skills. And then there's also the ethics component. I remember when I was, um, my sister was in Girl Scouts selling cookies, I was in brownies, and there was a girl in our group whose father had got up in the morning and they had canvassed our whole neighborhood. You know, everybody had little regions because we were rural 
table, and they marked off the streets of where, you know, each girl could sell cookies. And this girl had poached our whole neighborhood. And I remember how upset we were because, you know, we didn't have a big company to go to to sell our cookies. We had that small geographic area that we were supposed to farm, and this girl had already pre-farmed it. There's a lot of ethics that go on. There's a lot to be taught with even just the basic Girl Scout cookie sale. Uh Yeah, absolutely. I think it is so important, and you really did hit on those those key components of the goal-setting, decision-making. Those are very, very important uh, for girls to be courageous enough to to do. I think so many times it's very difficult for a little girl to pick up the phone, call her aunt, aunt Martha, and say, could you buy a box of cookies from me? That could be just the most... Uh, uh, the the greatest step forward in that girl's life and the things that we see time and time again that girls have made those little strides every year at the end of the year when we sit back and review the things that that we've accomplished during a given year in a troop or in a community those are the little things and it starts little and it turns out very very big Right. Yeah, so the next time you're like outside in front of a grocery store and some shy little girl comes up to you and says, would you like to buy some cookies? You know, take a moment and think of how hard it might be for that little girl to do that. I know it would be brutal for me. I would stand there like a stump. <laughs> but it, and no one likes to think that someone might say no to them. You know, if you ask someone a question, you never want someone to say no. And, and they know they're going to have some no's to Buying to someone buying cookies, so it does take an awful lot of courage for that five or six year old to speak up to a, to a stranger or even someone they know, um, make a presentation in their church or synagogue about the cookie sale. That takes a lot, knowing that someone might say no to them. There's no guarantee that they're going to get a positive, friendly response. Right. We don't like that as adults. Now be, you know, six, seven, eight years old and standing out in front of, you know, a Ralph's grocery store or a, you know, Walmart. That's that's tough. It is. It is. But they do it every year and they learn so much. And it's amazing how many girls will say to me when I ask them what they like most about Girl Scouting, how they'll, they'll say it's the cookie sale and the joy and the fun they get of setting their goals, decorating their booths and really getting out there and meeting people. It's it's absolutely amazing to speak to them about what they get from the sale. Do you think, um, Trish, that that helped you? Like, how do you think that helped you in your, you know, because to become an attorney, you have to go to college, you have to get your bachelor's degree, then get your JD, you've got to pass the bar. How do you think that impacted you? We've got a couple minutes before break. I think the whole program, and not, the cookie sale was part of it, but we had a lot of, of badges and career exploration projects that we had to that I was working on and I applied to what were called wider opportunities which are for older girls a chance to travel the country and the world and all of those required me to be able to submit applications get references do a lot of research and put together um, an entire portfolio of information and knowing that I could do that and succeed really made a difference. And so when I was thinking about what to do for my career, I had a uh, high school teacher tell me that I would make a good legal secretary. And I remember at the time thinking, a legal secretary, that's a great profession, but I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be held back. And it was interesting that not that long ago, someone still thought that was the pinnacle of achievement for a woman in the law field. Wow, that's so cool. I love that because I'm a female in the tech world, and i got to tell you, I take my lumps some days, and uh, 
it's hard for all of us at certain levels, um, but we're paving the way for the women who follow behind us, and those women are our little girls that are in Girl Scouts. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the initiative to getherthere.org, or if you like words like me, you're like togetherthere.org. How fun is that? <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get some great stats from our guest, uh, Patricia Miller, and our uh, co-host, Robin Boyd. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful no matter what they say. Words can't bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. It's Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi, Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children ages 24 to 18 who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that you gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, Mama. 
Bananas. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd and Patricia Meller, and she is the CEO of the Girl Scouts in the Green and White Mountains of New Hampshire, which I really love. I think that's so much fun. It just conveys such a beautiful image in my mind, as opposed to, like, the brown and dried-up mountains of California. We're actually New Hampshire and Vermont. Our council covers both states. Oops, sorry to slight Vermont, but you know what? They're not represented here today. If they want to be represented, they can come on the show. Oh, but they are. You see, Patricia is the CEO of both. That's why we're green (laughs) and white mountains. We've got to get Vermont in there. Okay, welcome Vermont. Welcome Vermont. (laughs) Ruin your maple syrup. Um, But I did find out that Canada makes more maple syrup than Vermont. I never knew that. But I guess Canada's a lot bigger. Yes, it is. It is a lot bigger. So before, we got a little housekeeping to do before we get on with the show, because I have a feeling we're going to go right down to the wire today. Uh, next week, tune in. We're going to have Linda Franklin of the Real Cougar Woman Network talk about leadership, talk about taking a Girl Scout and bringing her forward into a leadership position. She's going to talk to us about being fit, fabulous, and fantastic in your 40s. We love that, because 40 is only the halfway mark, girls. we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> So we're coming back to the to the Girl Scouts, and they have an initiative that I think is really it just tickles me pink because it's togetherthere.org, but if you break it up, it's to get her there.org. So take it any way you want because we have to work together to get her there. Girls, what's this initiative about? this is uh, this is a goal of ensuring that we have gender balanced leadership that's a, a big mouthful in one generation so just to explain a little bit more about that when you look at the leadership in the United States in our countries in government in our companies in government um, in our financial institutions women are not equal to men in any of those companies. There's you know, only 3.5% of U.S. hedge funds are actually run by women. And yet women are more than 50% of our population. So really, girls and women are our greatest untapped talent pool in the world right now. And we at the Girl Scouts are committed to ensuring that girls and women are going to be tapped for talent and that they're going to be sitting at corporate boards and in senior leadership positions in our governments, in our companies, in our families, making decisions to change the world tomorrow. Well, and I would love to see a day where a woman can walk into a technology meeting or probably a law meeting. I don't know. I don't have experience with those. Um, But I would love for that to be that we sit down at the table and have an opinion that is nothing to do with our gender because I don't look around the table and go, oh, he has a male member, so he's somehow more qualified or less qualified than me. I just want to hear what he has to say, and I can't wait for the day that we can sit at the table at some of these leadership meetings, at some of these technology things, you know, in areas that are historically dominated by men, and just have an opinion, just be a point of view, just be a source of information, not male or female. Right. It doesn't depend on what we're wearing for our clothes or what color we happen to choose or how we're wearing our hair, that it's really about the skills and talents that we're bringing to the table. Absolutely. That, so. uh, that's, that's what our, our goal is. We know out there around the world, um, statistically, countries, uh, regions that are run, that have women serving in um, 
in 50% of the leadership that those countries and institutions are better off than those who are only being served in leadership roles by one gender. So it's really important for our future as a nation um, that we make sure that girls and women are there as well, because we will never take our place at the forefront of this world unless women are included, and that starts with our girls. Absolutely, and that's the fun thing about working together in these collaborative groups on the Internet, uh, Robin and Trish, because a lot of times we sign in under a screen name, and sometimes our screen names are our actual names, but there are times when I've put down like SBJ or like Robin's thing is RB January, and you can't mm-hmm. tell the gender of that person. And we're in these meetings, and everybody's, you know, typing away and working on these boards, and it's like it's this cool equalizing factor because now we're just ideas coming across the web completely stripped of our what we look like, whether we're male or female, what color, and what country of origin, which I think is really lots of fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's one of the fantastic things um, about the net is that you do lose part of that, but we also know that eventually someone's going to find out what sex you are or what gender, and we want to make sure that, that girls don't see a glass ceiling. Absolutely. And we know that that's a partnership between them and their parents, the adults in this world, have to step up and partner and support our children to make sure all of our children don't see a glass ceiling and all of our children have opportunities. And right now, more than 50% of our population is not seeing opportunities for themselves. And we need to do something about that. And that is what To Get Her There is all about. Well, and 40 years ago, you would not find me, Robin, and you, Trish, on the airwaves. No, no, you wouldn't have, unless we were selling a washing machine. (laughs) And even then, we'd be interviewed going, well, you know, it spins, it dries, and it makes my day easier. And then I'd stand there with my 13-inch waist that's sucked in with a belt. (laughs) Pointing at it. (laughs) Put a nice smile on your face. One of the things I think that is so great about this initiative, and I don't know if you were you were uh, going to go into this part of it, Trish, is the fact that this initiative is also a call to action. One of the statistics that I happen to see, and there, there's a lot of focus on these STEM careers, meaning science, technology, engineering, and math, and we're, they've researched fourth graders saying that 91% of them or so want to be in the science and industries, but by the 12th grade, only about 50% of them choose to continue. And one of the statistics that I read was that 74% of teen girls are interested in STEM subjects as a field of study, but only 13% of them say that that's their first choice as going on to career options. And part of it is because they didn't know more about those careers. So I think the call to action with to get her there is not only saying, okay, we need to embark these girl, empower these girls and, and say, yes, you should be interested. We need to help get her there. And it's a real call to action for us to become more involved in getting these girls um, the opportunities or not getting them the opportunities to, to helping them discover the opportunities. Right. Well, the, I think um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the Girl Scout Research Institute, which does some amazing research, just released a document called Generation STEM, What Girls Say About Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. And some of the statistics Robin just mentioned are in this um, Mm -hmm. report, which is available on the Internet. But what's 
interesting about our latest research is it doesn't focus solely on the obstacles that all the other research has done. What are the obstacles for girls getting involved in STEM? It's talking about what, is, what are the solutions? What actually works for girls? Just like the leadership, the girl leadership is a little bit different, so we're working with what works for girl leadership to get them there. This is about what works for girls who actually show an interest in STEM and how do we engage them. And, and that, so it's bringing it one step further and really ensuring that we and the leaders in these fields understand what they need to do to engage girls and women to move forward. Well, and I think it's got to be a part two of the women already in those fields, and I'm probably going to take a lot of flack about this, but I was always interested in, you know, science and technology. And in my years, you know, being a science and technology person in high school or in in elementary school made you a nerd, made you a dork, Mm -hmm. made you not pretty, not sexy, not funny. Nobody, you know, cheerleaders are not historically, you know, scientists. And But when you look out today, and this is the one thing I'm always astounded by, and this is a big part of what I do when I go out, you can go out in the technology fields and you can be attractive, you can be successful, you can have all those things the cheerleader had and more. But that's not our public perception. So putting women in front of our young girls that say, you know what, it's cool to be a scientist rather than what we see on TV, the nerd look with the big glasses and the lab coat. It's fun to be in technology. You know, we have to start changing the things that are attractive to girls, which is they want to have fun. They want to do these things. And it's okay to do it. And guess what? You can be successful at it and have a great life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right, and and that requires both male and female, both moms and dads, to be there with their daughters or neighbors to help them out and show that it is okay, it's acceptable, go for your dreams. And it, for many girls, it's hands-on experiments that are going to make a difference for them. Um, mm-hmm. And they see their future in those STEM fields really a lot of times as vets, veterinarians, as doctors, really hands-on careers in science and technology that are going to make a difference for the world. And when they just get into book learning, it starts losing interest. And I think all children would prefer to actually be involved in experiments and really trying things out. And that's what we're committed to doing with our Girl Scout programming and our, our the badges and interest groups that girls can do that it's hands-on learning to ensure that they're successful and engaged. Absolutely, and embracing what can be and seeing the, you know, I'm putting a call out to the adults to get involved, the people that are living and working and breathing in these industries to inspire our young people to show them what can be. Mm-hmm. And, and now, could you have a guy, and I'm going to ask you, we only got a minute left, because I'm a Boy Scout leader for my troop, because I only have boys, and I've seen a few women in there. Are there any guy Girl Scout leaders? There are. There are quite a few. We, we encourage for the sake of, of mentoring so that girls see role models and leadership positions that there be at least one female leader. But in many cases, we have male and female leaders uh, together working to bring a troop forward. That so it, so cool. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, it's, a, it's a big goal. We have a goal with the Together There campaign to raise a billion dollars for girls so that we can ensure that we have the resources they need to succeed. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a pretty large goal, but we know we can do it, and our girls are worth every, every penny and every second of our time. 
All right. Well, we knew we were coming down to the wire. I want to thank our guests today, Robin Boyd and Anita. Mal- oh, I'm going to blow again. Anita Mellor, Mellor, whatever it is. Oh, no, no, Patricia Mellor. Patricia Mellor. Sorry about that. We will be back next week with the Real Cougar Woman Network and Linda Franklin, a name I can pronounce. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood Talk Radio.